Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is faith, kids, and curiosity. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook, and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zentalo, and I serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, this one comes from me. Mm-hmm. My 12-year-old daughter had come to me recently and said, Mom, I'm interested in this thing called Wiccan, being Wiccan, which mm-hmm. is essentially witches. In her head? In her head. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, in my head. Fair enough. Because I'm working mostly off pop culture knowledge here. Fair enough. And between Charmed and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> this is what you get. So I said that sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. And let's go talk to Pastor Amanda because I'm sure she's got some good ideas. <laughs> Not everybody has a Pastor Amanda to go to. So here we are doing a podcast on what happens when you get such questions or when you have them yourself. Absolutely. I think both of those are very fair, both as parents with kids in today's culture and with ourselves Mm -hmm. within the day's culture. Very, very fair questions. So what do you want to know? Where do I start? I mean, other than the obvious of sending her to you, which is Mm -hmm. totally going to (laughs) happen, what does one do in terms of research in this day of not only pop culture mostly getting it wrong, but not really knowing where the credible news sources are or resources are? I mean, there's still your local library, but that card catalog has changed. It has. And most kids are not going to go to the library in the card oh, catalog. no. They're going right to Google. <laughs> right. They're going right to Google. And they're going in their pocket at night under their covers. Yes. Right? Like we used to read books with the flashlights. I'm not sure YouTube is quite the source that she needs for information on this. Not necessarily. I mean, it's possible to find good sure. material out there. And it's just as likely that if a young person has not curated their Google algorithms to give them fair information... There is not a chance that a young person has done that. Well, you never know. I give the benefit of the doubt to a lot of these really savvy kids. They've grown up with this. True. And they can suss out some fair things. And at the same time, my experience of children in 11 to 15 range, Mm -hmm. they're doing the searching... And it might lead them down a path mm-hmm. that takes them to the answers they want rather mm. than accurate answers. Or the answers they need. Maybe not the, even the answers they need, but the answers they want. Oh, definitely. Right? Because once you find something that's like, oh, yeah, that's really what I want to hear, then Google's going to keep giving you answers like that because sure. you're clicking on it and that's what's driving your interest. And taking you to the advertisements. Uh-huh, now, yes. a lot of kids are going to pick up on that now and recognize that because that's just the culture and the reality of their understanding of how the world works. Mm-hmm. But some will not be as discerning and won't pick that up. So how do you find reputable stuff? Well, one, curate a relationship with your kids that they bring you this kind of a question. Mm-hmm. And it's really awesome that she brought you this question and didn't just do all the research on her own. Mm-hmm. Right? And well, I was certainly not the first step in this chain. Oh, I know. No, no, no. I'm realistic to know enough that she's already been talking to friends and been out there looking and oh, yeah. toying with crystals and whatnot. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All of that will have been happening for months before. Which is fair. Ouija boards have been around forever. Forever. 
I would say that it's not just about Wicca or pagan kind of religions or that sort of thing that's out there right now. Some kids might do this with Catholicism Mm -hmm. if they're coming from an evangelical background or evangelical styles of worship if they're coming from an Orthodox background, right? There's an innate curiosity within us about what are other options of faith than my family of origins. Well, sure, especially if you are paying attention to pop culture and then you start seeing things like, oh, Madonna's wearing a Kabbalah bracelet. What does that mean? Right. And within American colonial culture, Mm -hmm. appropriation is our norm. Oh, yes. Any way that we can make a profit off of some of this stuff without ever understanding the culture Mm -hmm. of it, we're going to advertise it. And youth are susceptible to that. And I'm not saying like susceptible to corruption and you must keep them pure. Youth are genetically and developmentally curious and going against the authority figures within their life. Oh, sure. Between 12 and 16, 18. Okay, longer. 23. Uh Uh-huh. Right? (laughs) Keep going up with that number. (laughs) That is part and parcel of how we develop as human beings. Uh Uh-huh. And... There is plenty out there that is going to try to catch their interest, especially in the day and age of the media that we can get at mm-hmm. and the ability to research. So, well, and some you... of the outright fear out there. I mean, you see all the yeah. pushback from Harry Potter and Dungeons and Dragons, and people are very afraid what kind of paths those lead down. And that is not a new phenomenon either. And I would say it's really interesting because a lot of those concerns came up when we were younger. Oh, totally. Right. So when these things came out to begin with, so when D&D first came out and was really popular in the 80s, or when Harry Potter was first released back in the early or mid 90s, that these reactions were happening when we were in high school and college, and now we're raising kids. The reaction isn't necessarily to D&D right now is not necessarily it's full of a cult and full of the pathway to the devil, because the culture around it is much more focused on the storytelling and community building aspect. Mm -hmm. And so it has shifted. But as parents, we're still expecting that this will be the reaction. Oh, yes. Because it was such a huge reaction when we ourselves were the age of our children now. Yeah. I mean, rock and roll has always been of the devil. There's always the generational thing that happens. Absolutely. But that aside, let's get back to where do you go for some information? Yeah. I would, how do I, it's hard, right? Because you are going to start with Google. It's the most obvious and readily available choice. Totally. It's hard for me to answer this because honestly, I have personal relationships with people of multiple faiths. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I go. Well, and this is the other reason I was going to send her to you. Yeah. Because I know that about you. Right. And I very particularly have a lot of my close friends who are much more closer to being self-affiliated and self-identified as Wiccan or pagan than necessarily Protestant Christian. Well, and perhaps this is the answer right there. Start with people that you know. Exactly. Talk to people within your community and make it okay to answer yes. Mm -hmm. Because we are coming from a Christian background and here in the Pacific Northwest, you're going to know someone who self-identifies as Wiccan. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be within your social network somewhere. You won't know it because nobody talks about religion really in any shape or form out exactly. here so much. And especially if they know that you're a Christian. <laughs> exactly. They may not talk to you about it. Uh-huh. So you need to create an environment or create a space in which they're free to share that. And then you can ask them questions and say, hey, 
my daughter is really curious about Wicca and I am open to allowing her to have those conversations and those questions. Would you be willing to sit and have coffee with us sometime? And I want to get her some good solid information and not hearsay. Right. And you don't want it to just be what you can find on Google. You want to find a really wise individual. So for example, I could set up a conversation with Through my ecumenical and interfaith relationships, I know someone who identifies as a priestess here in the Portland area. Mm -hmm. And so I could say, hey, let's have tea with this person. They're really amazing and they're a beautiful person and their faith is stunning. Their understanding of how the world is and how things work is really lovely. And let's sit and have a conversation together. So it comes through relationship. I think the best information always will come through relationship. Mm -hmm. And my best understanding of the Orthodox faith is by having a conversation with someone in my family about it. My best understanding about Seventh-day Adventist is having a conversation with someone in my family about it. Truly, truly. The best understanding I ever had of anything Jewish, other than your bagels, is when I finally got to go to a bar mitzvah or I finally got to somebody's house for some festivals where they were singing the songs and had the food and you could ask questions. Totally. And just in the same way that you would answer questions about your own faith, they will answer questions about their faith. So that is my piece of encouragement that in today's world, especially in the Pacific Northwest, Opening your capacity to have interfaith dialogue will help when these questions come from kids and will help when you have the questions yourself. Now, for those not in the Pacific Northwest, Mm -hmm. Google (laughs) is still a decent choice, as is Wikipedia. You just have to use, I'm assuming, the same, I don't want to say cynical eye, but you want to use a critical eye in making sure that the sources that are being used are credible. Yeah. And there's a fancy term that we used in seminary called hermeneutic of suspicion. Oh, wow. So the word hermeneutic means the lens from which you look at something. Okay. Right. So you can use a hermeneutic of Christology. So you're looking at the lens through who you believe Jesus to be. Okay. Or you look at something, the hermeneutic of, we joked about the hermeneutic of like, well, I like it. Mm -hmm. So that's how I'm going to see it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the lens through which I'm going to look at this, especially when talking about hymn choices for a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. The hermeneutic of like. Oh, that's strong. (laughs) It's really strong. (laughs) So at the time when I was in seminary in the early 2000s, there was a big conversation opening up about our generation, Gen X and then the Xennials. This Uh is pre-millennials being the big touch point, right? Sure. And talking about how they have such a hermeneutic of suspicion. They look at everything through suspicion first, rather than a hermeneutic of trust, huh? which could have been a generation or two before us, that we're going to go in with trusting these authorities versus Gen X, Xennials, and now Millennials, mm-hmm. and beyond, coming at everything with, okay, so where's your lie? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be lying in this information to me somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're a part of this colonial capitalistic society that really wants my money. So therefore, where's your lie within the truths that you're telling me? Mm -hmm. And if we can't find the lie or the manipulation is when we get a little taken aback. Mm -hmm. And then we buy into that because we see integrity and we see someone or something or some company 
living well, that's when we start to build our affinity with those brands. The same thing goes when we're running our searches online. Go in with suspicion. If it seems like it's too extreme one way or the other, if you go looking up Satanism and you find a page that's all about sacrificing things and tearing it apart and it's all the things that you want to hate, maybe that might not be a reliable source. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a place to like feed all your worst fears and create a wonderful enemy for you to have. Sure. Right. Because that's a great way to keep people divided and a great way to keep us from dialogue is to create places and spaces and where extremes are the only thing shown. Mm -hmm. If you know someone who has taken time to do the research and is curious about that to find out what it is and you go to the site and you talk with them about it and you see this is something that's about free choice and not depending on a big God to tell you what to do, but being about self-actualization and self-control and choosing your own pathway and you are the only one in control of your destiny, then it might not be comfortable. It might not be what you like. Mm -hmm. It might not have imagery or symbolism or mores or pathways that work with you, but it's not so extreme as to be so far off the rocker Mm -hmm. that it might actually be more accurate presentation of something. There are faiths that are truly harmful to other people. Sure. Right. That cults exist Mm -hmm. that are truly harmful, but faith traditions that last through generations tend to not be ones that hurt, harm, or kill. Okay. And so use judgment when you're looking at websites representing things, that if it's something that is hurting, harming, or killing, chances are that might not be an accurate representation of that faith path. Okay. That's kind of where I go with things. Mm -hmm. When I'm trying to discern, like, what is a site worth my time in trying to understand my neighbor? Does that help? That helps. And I'm... Sitting here running through my head all the true parental questions. And I think the first is be calm. Mm -hmm. Because when your child comes to these, your natural instinct, I think, is, oh, my God, what are you missing? Mm -hmm. What hole are you trying to fill? Mm -hmm. And how have I failed somehow? As a parent, totally. I can but see that. But that's not necessarily what this is about. Well, when I mean, you're there's... doing, when you're your own curious, mm-hmm. it's not about the failure of anybody who's been teaching you. Mm-hmm. You're just curious. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there are a lot of people who are more devout necessarily than I am who would be offended by anybody seeking anything more than what you already have. Is that fair? Yes. And I think that there are lots of folks for whom the unknown is frightening. Oh, sure. And therefore not to be trusted and evil. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty, especially when we read scripture as in errant versus inspired when we say it literally. Mm-hmm. There are scripture passages that say beware of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And so if someone identifies as a witch then we automatically condemn that. Mm -hmm. And I think in my experience of talking with and walking alongside of people who identify in these ways, I think that the terms mean different things. I think that 
history and culture play into things. Now we're back to pop culture, not always getting it right. Well, and in the United States, we have a really odd relationship with witches. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's call that out. Mm-hmm. Going all the way back to Salem. Go back to Salem and look at how that burning of strong women and accusing strong women of things in order to get them killed. Because remember, a witch would float. If she's not a witch, she would drown. But guess what? She's already drowned Mm -hmm. to survive the test. There's no way to win. There's no way to win. Either you're going to burn her because she floated or she's going to drown, but then she wasn't a witch. Mm -hmm. Like It was really just a method to kill women. And so that all got twisted up with understanding of witch or Wiccan or herbal knowledge or knowledge of intuition and trust of those things. So all of that got tied up into the word witch within our culture. Mm -hmm. Long before that word got tied up with that and needing to kill and being evil because Christianity deemed it evil in North America. Mm -hmm the scriptures were written and the understanding of what that meant had had centuries, Mm -hmm. but that's not where we as North Americans connect the dots. We Mm -hmm. connect the dots with this woman who does magic, who is strong, outspoken, intuitive, understands the earth and the world and nurturing and creating is dangerous Mm -hmm. and we need to kill it. And so we'll find a justification for it in a couple of lines of scripture and then we can kill her. Mm -hmm. So, where am I going with this? I think I think it's don't automatically be afraid when your children have questions yeah. about other religions. Check your own source of fear. Mm-hmm. What is it that you're afraid of? Is it really that you're afraid that your child is going to succumb to evil influences? Mm-hmm. Or are you actually afraid that you have not done enough to give your child a strong base in your own beliefs? Mm-hmm. Is it are you afraid that your child is going to be different than you? Mm-hmm. And that's a really fair parental fear. Mm-hmm. It also may very well absolutely be the case. Mm-hmm. And if you're more afraid of not losing a relationship with your kid by having them be so different than you, that you can no longer relate to them, right? then you need to grieve that and you need to do work on that, mm-hmm. not double down. I mean, I can't give anybody parenting advice. That's mm-hmm. not fair, but... Mm-hmm. From my perspective, doubling down and saying that's evil and you're bad for looking at it, they are so going to go look at it three times as hard. I know. I know. Mostly I want to give her other tools to help her in her way, the same way aromatherapy. All right. It seems to work for you. Let's, Let's explore. Mm-hmm. And But I want to do it mindfully. And with integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, finding ways to understand, one, the history of practices and faiths that are different than our own so we don't appropriate them or Mm -hmm. treat them disrespectfully, and also honoring that they may be a way to get in touch deeper with our own faith. Mm -hmm. So I attended Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary in Berkeley, and one of the things that I loved about being a part of PLTS was that we're a member of what's called the Graduate Theological Union. The Graduate Theological Union is nine different seminaries of various faiths. Oh, nice. And multiple non-Christian tradition organizations as well. 
And we could take up to 50% of our classes from other faith traditions. Mm -hmm. And we had to take a non-Christian religion. And the opportunity to go sit in a space where your tradition is not the mainstream, your tradition is not the norm in the room. It's powerful. And I wish more people had that opportunity. To sit and listen for me, what it gave me was this one, a capacity that I love interfaith and interreligious dialogue and ecumenical conversation. It gave me the ability to further define what I do believe, Mm -hmm. to sit in a room and say, oh, wow, you really believe X, Y, Z. And I so don't resonate with that. Mm -hmm. Not that you're wrong and I'm right, just that this is a very different understanding of things. And now I know more clearly what I do believe. Mm -hmm. And I can articulate more strongly what I do believe because I've had this conversation about what you believe. And so I encourage that kind of environment. I think with kids of your daughter's age especially, that kind of conversation is really critical Mm -hmm. to give them the opportunity to ask the questions like, well, do we believe in crystals having power? Do we believe in the potential of, you know, if I wear this rock on this day that I'm going to get this benefit or not? Mm -hmm. And is that counter to Christian belief that I'm doing that? Mm -hmm. Because then we can start talking about all kinds of things within the Christian tradition Mm -hmm. and exploring things like mysticism that oftentimes in North American Christianity, we try and ignore. Oh, yes. So that reminds me back on the conversation we had on healing. We'll have to delve into mysticism at some point. Yeah. All of it is good questions. As a parent, staying open, staying calm. I mean, that's always what we're told as parents, right? (laughs) And it's so much. It's the benchmark, but it's hard to reach. It's so much harder to actually do in the moment. And I totally get that. And I would say... If it is not harming and it is not causing damage to self or others, there might be an opportunity for learning more about faith and belief in there. Fantastic. All right. That's going to lead me to my last question. Have you ever explored other traditions like this? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. I mean, I know I've had a passing Ouija board phase As a kid, I think my sister and I kind of touched with that stuff some. But even beyond that, absolutely, I have looked at those kinds of pieces and wondered about how it fits into my Christian faith and how it fits into what I do believe and how I want to be. And I think that there is beauty to be found in so many traditions. And there is an aspect of faith and a relationship with God that can be stunning to look at in other faiths. And whether that is participating with a Hindu friend in a festival mm-hmm. or buying a crystal to hold in your pocket to remind you to stay grounded. Sure. Or looking into what is it about Orthodox fasting that is so powerful for them. There is so much to learn when done with integrity and care and respect from many traditions in our world. I am still a Lutheran Christian. Mm -hmm. That is who I am at my core. I can still learn so much. We're back to the both and, aren't we? We're back to the both and. Nice. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about faith, kids, and curiosity. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And I encourage you all to go out and be full of questions and wise and savvy in your research. We would love to hear from you. If you have a question for us, feel free to contact us at podcast at centralportland.org. You can follow us on iTunes. You can always contact us via Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you, no matter what.